0: times were hard but from the start
1: cast everyone today i'm with a guest who's about to perform at capitol hill block party i heard about them through vox rea back in april whether i don't know if she knows or not but she was supposed to be or up and running to be on the homegrown nast show when vox rea was in town i think she ended up doing her own show with vox rea a few days earlier if i'm Right, maybe. Did you guys do end up doing a show?
2: I was supposed to. Oh. I had like a little Pacific Northwest run, um, but I planned, but I got COVID. For oh the first shoot! Time. So yeah.
1: we'll talk about <laughs> their COVID. <laughs> and um, besides that, uh, she released her um, debut album last year on November eleventh if I'm right about that, oh, yeah. which is a day after my birthday. So that's pretty, oh, pretty amazing. Okay. Easy to remember that. I was like, wow, <laughs> you're good. <laughs> and um, before that, uh, she was a t- touring pianist. I think I said that right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, so we'll talk about that as well. It's my pleasure to have on Puck.
2: Hi. There we go. And
1: I, I I read an interview that Puck is short for Puckett, am I right about that? Or? Yeah, my last name. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough.
2: But I I love the um, you know, Shakespeare and folklore dovetail into that.
1: Oh, there's like what do you mean by that? There's like
2: a So in Midsummer Night's Dream, there's a character okay. Puck who is drawn from uh like Irish folklore and mythology. Mm. Um, so which is my heritage. So oh, even nice. though it's like a nickname for my last name, it's also I try to kind of, like, have a through line into that. I like it. Yeah.
1: And you're not into, like, hockey by any chance.
2: <laughs> well, now that we have the Kraken, okay, you know, I think we should, you know, pay more attention. Yeah.
1: <laughs> puck can open for the hockey puck game. That would be yeah, perfect. Actually. They've been doing that a lot, actually. Like, a lot of, like, local artists opening for the games. That's
2: right. right. Yeah. Enumclaw played. Um, yeah, yeah. Enumclaw. Yeah. That's
1: cool. Um, Yeah. the I don't know much about hockey. I went to a Kraken game, like... Maybe in October, okay. And I don't know if it's just like bad luck or whatever, but I got like two flat tires on the way home. So I was like, I don't know if I want to go to another hockey game (laughs) because I'm just gonna (laughs) associate with getting like having to spend like a thousand dollars the next morning to get tires. Oh my goodness, tires Tires are expensive? expensive? Yeah. And I didn't even buy like the top. Like I, fucking, I should probably get new tires soon. Um, but I got like uh the mid tier tires, so they're Mm -hmm. only good for like. Some, they might have only be good for like thirty thousand miles or something. Okay, just to so, tide you over. Yeah, 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 but and you had to drop like a thousand. But tires are because expe- I've hopped who, so that's a bitch. R I P. But that's we're not, not here right. to talk about tire <laughs> problems. <laughs> so, Puck, you're from Renton, Washington. I'm from Renton, yeah. um, one of my friends and uh, um, guests, as well as clients. So she's all three. Um, Monica Neve. she's a comedian from Renton and oh. she jokes about like, is, there's not much to promote about Renton, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> but um, it's somewhere near, it's close to um, Seattle somewhat. So most people say um, Seattle, but some people say Renton. Um, what was it what was it like growing up in Renton?
2: Well, it's funny you say that because when I lived in New York, mm-hmm. I would always say Seattle because no one would know Renton. But then around here, like, yeah. I have to say Renton because as soon as I say Seattle, I'll get vibed. Yes, <laughs> yes. And they'll ask,
1: like, what neighborhood and what street? Exactly,
2: like, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, growing up in Renton, it was... Uh, let's just put it this way. I would come into the city a lot on weekends as a teenager. Yeah. There wouldn't be a lot happening in Renton. Yeah. But in hindsight, living in the suburbs, having that kind of like slow pace Mm -hmm. and not really being distracted. I did. I did practice piano a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. <laughs> and the um, the Kent School District had some pretty great music programs at that time. Mm-hmm. So between jazz band and orchestra and music theory, choir, etc. That's um, awesome. I was able to get a music education.
1: I went to um, Mercer Island High School. So like I experienced like their radio program and uh, music program as well. Whoa. And I didn't realize... I don't know if this is true for every Boys and Girls Club, but um, my friend, he should be on the podcast sometime. His name is Miguel Rockwell. Um, He's like a DJ in Seattle. And one of his jobs for like nine years was he was a, um, I guess a recording engineer slash producer for a Boys and Girls Club at Mercer Island. So I guess some Boys and Girls Clubs have like whole studios in their buildings but which i, I, I never knew so. about yeah. but so there, i think which i think is cool there is like if you really i think it's becoming more prominent where like you can just um how do i say this like when i was growing up i didn't know you could be like a podcaster or or, or a get into radio like I didn't realize that until I was about to graduate high school yeah but like there are programs if you look so
2: there are there are um you know like growing up here having kxp Mm -hmm. and as well as like other independent like radio and um like newspaper sorts of things like the stranger um it definitely made being a musician seem possible with so much like indie stuff yeah um but like you know finding the door and educating yourself to that door mm-hmm. isn't always apparent
1: yeah i hope it i think it's, and i think it's getting worked on a little bit but um, i
2: think so it seems like
1: it yeah if you what is that thing where if, you, if they build it you will come I kind of yeah. like that a little bit yeah but um yeah i definitely w- had a wonder where, where i would be if i had learned about that stuff early on but it seemed like you learned like music pretty early on in life i did clarinet but i never i did it for okay. seven years too but like I burned my, I should, I talked about it enough that I should show the video, but like when I graduated high school, I burned my clarinet into like a bonfire and I was like, I'm, t- I'm cutting my ties from being a band, <laughs> but it's a pretty, I don't think I helped them, but it was like a, so I had like a wooden one, like a really nice one yeah. and then it broke. So I had like a, um, a replacement chest to hold on to. And the company was like a household, it was like literally in a house where they fixed clarinets and they had called me three times and I didn't know, but they had, um, left their, like they they sold their house and sold their company within like a month of fixing my clarinet. So I never got my original clarinet back and I had Ah. this like shitty plastic one. So when I graduated high school, I burned the clarinet, but it was plastic and it was a very dark black fire so i don't think that was good for the environment but it helped me feel like my, my bonds of um band was gone
2: it so. was like it was like very much in alignment with you <laughs> being like and seen. <laughs> yes but
1: i don't recommend burning instruments in general you could one maybe like sell that to someone it's mm-hmm. not good for the environment
2: mm-hmm. or and, donate it to a school, or
1: donate it yeah. you know there's so many ways to go about it
2: yeah. um
1: but yeah i don't maybe i could play a clarinet and still remember but I don't know.
2: It's probably in there.
1: Yeah. Like riding a bike. Exactly. But you, you started like how I'm going to, was it six when you started?
2: Damn, your memory's good. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So you're six
1: (laughs) when you started uh, playing the piano and what was that like? Was it like a forced thing or did you want to do it or what was that like?
2: Um, I was just kind of like put in group lessons. Okay. Uh, I think, you know, my mom had music dreams and so it was a little bit of like, Mm. Hey, my kid might like this. Um, But I I took to it, and it was a bit unconventional in the beginning. It was group piano lessons, as I said, so like eight kids, around like eight electronic keyboards, and we would like do ensemble piano playing, um, and like sing, and do percussion, and like read music, and do kind of like actually light music theory stuff, Um, which was kind of crazy for being like six, seven, eight, (laughs) and being like, oh yeah, the four chord, the five chord. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it was cool.
1: Dang, that's that feels like I don't know if this is the right word. What is is it cacophony when there's like so much noise going on is that the right word was it like a cacophony with like all those different oh
2: yes (laughs) especially with the percussion instruments it's amazing (laughs) because
1: like if you look back at like um if you ever watch like kindergarten recorder recitals it's like the like when you're in kindergarten you think it's amazing because your teacher's like this sounds amazing kids and it's like the worst thing ever
2: (laughs) (laughs) it's like everyone's out of tune enough that it all sums to the correct notes (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so i can Um,
1: imagine that for a piano class at first you know i
2: think the the actual keyboard playing was okay, fine but it was good. when the tambourines were handed out that oh, no. that's when it was like mm, oh man so <laughs> that's amazing oh, shout out to the parents yes there. <laughs> there we go
1: and then what what kept you into doing piano for so long
2: um so my mom said that i had to keep playing until sixth grade and then i got to choose whether i wanted mm. to quit or not um, and also practicing became my allowance, so okay. I would get a penny a minute for practicing. Damn! Um, so I was making two fifty a week, you know, <laughs> back in in third grade. So that was that was especially considering inflation. That was pretty good money. <laughs> yeah,
1: dang. Yeah, I've been. I don't know if there's a real hierarchy to gas prices, but mm-hmm. supposedly, like, Arco is not good, Safeway is not good, and they okay. go to Chevron and Shell. There's supposed to be like better gas for your car oh, but okay. like so and like some people agree some people disagree but that's what yeah. I heard growing up um and right now I'm going to like Safeway gas because it's like down the street from my house it's like 440 which is still not that good at no. all but then like the other day I, I was almost out of gas so I had to stop by a Shell, and it was six bucks and oh. I, I was like I'll take that Safeway bad gas over good gas for six dollars a gallon it's terrible
2: do you have a costco membership
1: no all my family does though so i wonder if i can borrow my family members you might
2: be able to because the the costco gas you know i think they're it's not like you're entering and someone's checking your id against your membership right so you, you might be able to use that
1: is there a costco in seattle though
2: I don't know. I only know Renton life. That's, that's yeah. what I'm living. <laughs> so you
1: grew up in Renton, went to school, and then stayed in New York. And then... Yeah. So you've only been in Renton in New York. That's pretty... Those are crazy different places, right? Or
2: Yes and no. Okay. You know, I feel like uh, Renton is just a quick trip into Seattle. Mm. And I... In New York City, with all the different boroughs, you know, like Manhattan mm-hmm. is definitely the really, really intense, crazy city center. Yeah. Um, I Living in Brooklyn or Queens, you, it can feel more Renton vibes. Got it. You can uh, be a little bit more relaxed out there. Mm-hmm. In some spots, other spots, it gets like busy. And yeah. Bushwick is, you know, definitely the party place. <laughs> 100%.
1: And did you have a car in new york or you probably like learned like the whole transportation system
2: yeah so i moved there when i was 18 to go to new york university and um i i had only been driving for a year Mm -hmm. um only had my license for a year at that point and uh so all my adulthood has been pretty much by subway and it's only you know in the last like year and a half coming back here and and driving around i'm like Oh, I understand how everything's like, you know, related to each other. Yeah, You know, when I was a teenager, it was like hopping my friend's car or getting dropped off somewhere and I could navigate by walking and by sight, but Mm. only now um, am I like, Oh, I understand. The Yeah. How to drive <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it's there's still like crazy like one-way streets and stuff in Seattle, the yeah. downtown area. It sucks. And there's all this construction, too. Yeah. It's I
2: kind of love all of the cattywampus like, you know, yeah. diagonal, weird streets and hills and That's
1: fair. I feel like there's for how weird it is, I don't see that many accidents in That's downtown. True. I see them all on like the freeway or whatever. That's so.
2: true. There's that exit right by the convention center, which is like notorious for. Yeah, that's a weird one. Yeah, yeah, because you have to like know to slow down. Cause yeah. you're immediately like. Yeah. In city traffic.
1: <laughs> yeah, but like sometimes it takes me. It's like a it's like a puzzle for me to like park at my studio downtown because like, it's like a one way to get so there's like a parking garage. Yeah. And like I, I'm terrible. At, like I, I wish I can give you a better visual picture, but basically like. If you take the wrong turn, you have to do a whole like five minute roundabout Mm -hmm. through all these (laughs) stoplights to get to this one road that goes down because you can't go up, and it's annoying because the parking garage is at the bottom of this hill. Yes, but you couldn't just like sneak sneakily go up a hill and run head on in traffic. It's a it's it's a mess.
2: That's one thing that like moving back, I'm like, oh, this is a whole learning curve. Like today, today I was late because it was like. Okay, we're stuck in <laughs> unexpected traffic on the way from Renton and I have to park. Yeah. Which, you know, in New York getting off the subway, I just use my legs. Yeah. So I didn't have to factor that
1: thing. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Are you going are you going to take the train when it, is it I think it's the train that's being built. Are you going to like take that when it's done? I think I
2: don't right? know That's if it's is. going all the way down to Renton or where I am. I know they're okay. expanding like north into the Everett area.
1: Maybe it's just north and wait, Renton, um, Renton's kind of south, though, right? It Renton's is south. South, yeah. Yeah, I think it's going from Everett to Tukwila, so maybe okay. it's coming through Renton.
2: I've, I've. Driven to the park and ride like over mm. near South Center. And okay. I've I've done that before. Yeah. Um, like coming into games or, or just not wanting to like park downtown. Yeah, it's a yeah. it's a bitch. Yeah.
1: So that's why it's nice to have like a studio. it's on like second avenue. So it's not the closest to everything but it's like kind of in the middle so like you can like lime scooter or at least get the free parking for having a space you know right but it's a it's craziness but so you're you've been in Seattle for you said like over a year now yeah I moved
2: back uh December 2021 got it and I've been kind of straddling Renton in New York Mm -hmm. um going back and forth um nice
1: and why why back to Renton just to be with family or yeah okay
2: um my family's there I'm back in my childhood home which is nice. like a total trip it's like me throughout time waving at myself now yeah um but to be honest I'm I'm really exhausted by paying rent and doing that yeah. whole hamster wheel um I bet. and so living at home right now has allowed me to release my record if I'm being really honest yeah. <laughs> it's allowed me to invest in myself musically rather than invest in a landlord's mortgage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That is very fair to say. And I'm
1: guessing like your family's probably happy to like have you back in town too or Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, they are. That's cool. And then so you how many years have you spent in New York then? You probably like you probably feel probably like a New York native at this point too, a little bit, yeah?
2: Definitely not a New York native. Okay. But I'm I'm cozy. Okay. Um, I don't wanna I don't wanna claim that uh you know new york native status that's a special thing <laughs> um but uh yeah I've, I've lived in new york for 12 years so i was okay. there 18 through 30 damn um all of my 20s were there uh, all wow. of my kind of like formative adult years so uh, it's it's kind of like a a huge um sort of like you know borderline between childhood and, and teenage years in mm. Seattle ish <laughs> yeah yeah and and then you know all my 20s and adulthood in New York and now i'm now i'm somewhere in between yeah yeah
1: i feel like Seattle would suck though coming back from New York cuz like everything closes early there's not that many events that are happening it's pretty clicky i I don't know i i I went to new york for the first time last year and i was so inspired and i was up for like 24 hours when i first landed Oh. like i i had to see and do everything and yeah so i don't i feel like do you like being back like besides family and all that like yeah you you like you like seattle or i do i love
2: both very much because like new york is the great human experiment where Mm. it's like people on top of people concrete everywhere Mm. barely any trees yeah um but you really get to know us you know humans and kind of you know what we're into um and the way we work and tick um whereas here i feel like you know we kind of remember being on earth like you know you drive down i-5 and it's like oh the mountain is looking at me um so both are really important to me um you know growing up here and and being like a Pacific Northwest kid and then like landing back um, Mm. Seattle has been really welcoming and easy to kind of like, you know, fit back into and, and find the things and the scenes that I had missed. Cool. Um, But I could imagine that if someone was like moving here for the first time, how difficult it would be Mm. to find, you know, the cool gems of the city. That makes sense. Yeah.
1: So, While doing, like, music in high school, did you make, like, artist connections at all? Or has it been since you've been in New York, you made, like, artist connections in Seattle? Or how did that come to be?
2: Um, I think, I mean, definitely connections with, like, my friends. And now Mm. we've kind of, like, all grown up and and some people are, like, music adjacent. Got it. Um, Or even just, you know, going to shows at Numo's or the Paramount growing up, coming Mm. to the city on weekends. Um, knowing where to go and where to find different musical or arts things. Yeah. Um, but I would say that now coming back, especially with like the resume I have and, you know, the experience I have under my belt, it's been easy to to make, you know, new Seattle connections. Got it. Especially with um, like, I, I just met this guy, Andrew Imanaka, who um is an amazing like touring musician and i was you know going to shows around here or like you know sitting on the internet in my room and Renton, being like where are the touring musicians yeah. i know this you know isn't a, a massive um music industry city it's definitely a music city but in mm-hmm. the way where there are like major labels here um like la or new york or nashville i knew that like there wouldn't be, you know, 200 touring musicians. But I was like, man, we got to have like five. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So um, last weekend when I performed at the uh, Seattle Night Market at Denny Park, um, I soul was playing. And so I met his band. That's great. And um, Andrew Imanaka is his music director. And it was immediately like, Oh, you grew up here. I grew up here. Oh, you do this. I do that. Yeah. And so, like, that sort of camaraderie of, like, understanding, you know, where we grew up, the music scene that we love, mm-hmm. wanting to build it more now and make it larger and, and kind of, like, seeing eye to eye that, like, oh, we have this skill set. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's kind of how I've been navigating the music scene coming back.
1: That's cool. Cause he's like, he's like a staple in Seattle. So Soul? yeah.
2: Yeah. He's yeah.
1: awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Damn. So why'd you choose New York university out of all schools? Is that like one of the better music programs or?
2: Yeah. I okay. was um, looking f- to study jazz piano. And so it wound up being between, um, uh, Berkeley and Boston and NYU in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and I asked my, high school band director at Kentridge high school and Shout out Ken- I know Kentridge okay. oh you know yeah. Kentridge yeah. Kent Chargers so. <laughs> hi <laughs> um yeah so Mr. Baldock back in the day and and um I asked him should I go to Boston should I go to, go to New York and he's like you know you'll get a great music education at Berkeley but you know that's you know a small ish city it's an American city whereas you know New York yeah, it's an American city, but it's, like, international. It's it's massive. I think you'll have a lot of fun in New York yeah. and, and see a lot of musical opportunity there. And he was right.
1: That's awesome. And how long were you in school for?
2: I um, went to NYU for four years, and then I stayed eight years after that yeah. um, in yeah. New York full-time.
1: And were, like, were you, like, in an apartment? Did you have roommates? What was that like?
2: Oh, yeah. Lots of apartments, lots of roommates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i you know i i'm not really sure what it's like here but in new york i definitely like moved around a lot you know Mm. um the city just kind of does that um you know
1: is that good or bad that sounds kind (laughs) of like
2: it's it's cool in a way because it exposes you to like lots of different neighborhoods um i sometimes you do feel a little bit packed in like sardines with you know four twenty somethings in like the same space yeah um but it was it was great mm-hmm. overall.
1: That's cool. Yeah, I, I like I said, I've only been to New York once, but I was super inspired to be there. Like, does the inspiration start to like wane after being there for so long, or does it still stay? Or? I think
2: it's like any place where you Got get it. used to it, and the deeper you get into the city and how it works, and really like the the economic structure of a city, mm-hmm. um, the more you become. Uh, I guess disenchanted with the, you know, n- New York, she loves to flirt with you right at the beginning. And she loves to like sprinkle you with that fairy dust and that magic to mm-hmm. kind of like make everything work. Yeah. Um, it is pretty exhausting to be in that cycle of always trying to pay rent. You know, it's mm-hmm. like as soon as you do, it feels like you have to do it again. Yeah. And I definitely put a lot of, Energy just into making that happen um, at the sacrifice of playing music, really. Mm. But um, I, you know, I don't know if that's unique to New York now. It Mm. seems like every metropolitan area around the U.S. is really going through that with our generation, where kind of like all of us are really struggling to um, make ends meet.
1: Yeah, I know my friends. I, I my housing situation, which I've decided is best to like not talk about directly on the show because like i do a lot of like even for example i'm definitely nowhere as big as my friend but like my friend who's a comedian um on his podcast he the only thing he said and he has a massive following like he's been on twice and like he's a touring comedian and amazing dope but like from here yeah oh yeah oh i guess no he's from michigan but he's been here for like 20 years now or something oh, like that. Yeah. Actually, I don't want to date him. Maybe that's I somewhere. I, old. He's like, he's, I think he's in his early thirties. So maybe oh, not 20 years, maybe like 10, 15 years. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. 20 years. Sounds... Sorry, Joe. <laughs> but like he was super excited. And the only thing he said on his podcast was that he bought um, his house during like a holiday weekend. And that was enough for his fans to like figure out how many houses sold in Seattle on this holiday weekend. And they found his specific house and took a picture of his house and said, Oh my gosh, we found your house. And like, he didn't give any like specific information except that it was on a certain holiday weekend.
2: That shit's getting scary.
1: Yeah. And those are <laughs> Seattle people. So you wouldn't real, You know, some people don't realize they're like, you can have crazy Seattle fans too, or whatever. They're anywhere. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the crazy fans are anywhere. Yeah. Know, in Seattle. yeah.
1: <laughs> Which I wouldn't, I don't know. I feel like Seattle's, I don't know. I guess people can be obsessive anywhere. But like, yeah. as like, if you are in like in the music scene or whatever in Seattle, you realize it's kind of hard to build like a fan base. But to realize there is a fan base that can obsess over you in Seattle, it's pretty cool to at yeah, least know. Yeah, it's
2: like a good and bad thing. Like, this is great because yeah. my career, but also this is creepy. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. So, uh, besides like my housing situation, like a lot of my friends who like um who like sh- pay rent with each other, like mm-hmm. they're like, I can spend twelve hundred bucks a month. And then you can spend twelve hundred bucks a month too, and you have like a small apartment, you know. That's
2: so much money. so the most I've ever spent yeah. on rent is nine hundred, and that was to live with two other people.
1: Oh dang, yeah. Seattle's like I think it's way more expensive for that, and that's even outside of Seattle. Some of my friends are like, like one of my friends lives in like I think Redmond, yeah, and they're still paying like twelve hundred for. I think they have three or four roommates.
2: Oh my. God.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh my. Yeah. If I'm paying that much, I want to live alone. Which I know you can't yeah. live alone for 1200 <laughs> But like.
1: You can make it work. I I don't know. I've. Um, hmm. I thought giving too much. If you make like the right connections, you know, like there's like tons yeah. of like cool, rich people that like want to support your art in Seattle. And that's something maybe that's everywhere. But like I've been given like super cool opportunities because I'm just like. OK. I've met the the right people. And like I've had cool like housing opportunities or like cool trip opportunities trying to find those people yeah you just gotta be like (laughs) yeah you just gotta get out there you know like i've i guess it's weird because i haven't i've only done like one podcast tour and that's like solely like i just spend a lot of money to do that on my own but like i've gone on like comedy tours and like you've, you've you've toured but like I've gone on, like, a lot of tours in Seattle just by meeting, like, the right person and, like, being open to, like, different types of art and stuff. So, like, yeah. there's ways, like, to just meet cool people and, like, like have your lodging and food covered and get paid on top of it and get to yeah. meet cool people. So it's... it's I think there's a lot of cool opportunities in Seattle. It's not... Just like how we said at the beginning, where um you have to kind of look for it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's difficult to find or to know where to look. But yeah. then once you do things start to kind of like you know connect
1: yeah like I had to have a I'm part of this program called Seattle Restored and they're hooking me up or hope we're supposed to be figuring it out there's been like some delays but I'm supposed to get my first like Nast podcast studio because what happens here when I'm recording here or at downtown other people will come in and I'll produce their podcast okay. but like they'll come in and use the exact same space so then people will be like is this a Nast podcast episode or is this oh. someone else's so like with other podcasts, they have their own background or whatever, gotcha. you know. So, but, like, even being part of that program, I had to have a meeting with, the, um, like, the directors to even, because I didn't realize on their website there's, like, all these, like, sponsorship opportunities. So sometimes it's, like, uh, it might be in front of your face, but sometimes it's kind of, it's hard to really know where to look. I have and, to ask you about that off Yeah, yeah there's a, lot, there's a <laughs> lot of cool opportunities and stuff in Seattle. You just really got to be kind of, get out there you know um but i want to talk about like your like experience touring because you first of all though did you ever want to be like a performing act as like a solo act or is that so that's was that like your first vision or was it was like were you putting your dreams on the back burner to even though you had like super cool opportunities yeah like were you putting your dreams on the back burner to tour with other artists or did you want to be touring with other artists or how did was like what was your mindset at first for all that
2: i think i always wanted both okay um because growing up playing piano and then being exposed to jazz Mm -hmm. like artists like herbie hancock where it's like you know watermelon man yes Yes. where he's like a sideman for miles davis Mm -hmm. but then he eventually like also had his own project um and so that always intrigued me and then um like my freshman year of college, Thundercat released his first album. Mm -hmm. And so that was really grounding because, you know, when I was in school, I was like, am I setting myself up for failure? Like, I don't know if I really want to do like a straight ahead jazz career. Like I grew up on PNW indie rock and, you know, like post grunge stuff. So that was also always in my heart, like having a band and, and kind of veering away from, the jazz sound but then you know it's not like i i'm super fluent at guitar i'm a pianist mm-hmm. and so the the virtuosity of being a pianist it's kind of like you know jazz is that bar and yeah. and being fluent there is something that like i mean that's still like a pursuit i think that's probably a lifelong pursuit for me um but having thundercat in school it was like oh shit like he's writing songs that are catchy that people are singing and mm. these are kids that like aren't jazz heads that are coming to the show they're like oh this cool like new yeah. guy interesting you know electronic productions coming out of like brain feeder and Wait, what does neo
1: soul mean again like what does neo mean i know what neo soul is but what does neo mean actually? i think
2: neo just means new
1: like new soul it's, music? in
2: a prefix yeah but
1: you can't be like neo country or could you
2: you could probably be neo country
1: but then I feel like NEO is almost like has to do like experimental or something maybe or maybe it's not. Maybe it does just mean new. I don't know.
2: I Yeah. I, fe- I feel like that implies uh, experimental.
1: New? Yeah. Okay. Ne-
2: or like NEO. It's like, it. you know, this isn't going to be, it's not going to be Patsy Cline country. It's going right. to be. Um, like Old Town Road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, we both did the same thing.
1: <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> but so yeah so i feel like yeah thunder kind of like neo but he he plays instruments too right Her, yeah he's okay.
2: mainly a bass player so he Got was it. playing bass for erica speaking of neo soul mm-hmm. um he was in erica's band he played with suicidal tendencies as like you know a suicidal bass tendencies yes as like, like the eighties. Yes. What? Out of L yeah. That's crazy. Like punk. Like uh uh he was like a bass player for hire. He comes from like a um <laughs> this is now the Thundercat podcast. <laughs> the Thundercat fan podcast. Yes. Um <laughs> he comes from a an LA family of musicians. Okay. Um he's kind of like music nobility in there. Um so his dad played drums for The Temptations. Wow. Um, and so his big brother, Ronald Brunner, plays drums as well, plays with like Chaka Khan and a bunch of other artists. So, um, uh, in addition to Thundercat being this touring musician, mm. he became friends with Flying Lotus and played all on his records. Yeah. He became a studio musician for Kendrick Lamar, and then he had his own, he uh, has his own, uh, like, solo career. Yeah. So um, he's kind of like that modern Herbie Hancock type. Yeah, for sure. Um, he's dope as fuck. So, yeah, he's like my favorite. Yeah. Like, Thundercat and Joni Mitchell are like yeah. my two favorites. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, how did
1: I not know he was signed to Brainfeeder? I've had. Do you know who Easy Gibson is by any chance? No, who is that? He's like a hip hop artist that was signed. He got to start being signed to Brainfeeder. Oh, cool. Um, he was like one of my, the first artists I ever like fanboyed out over, yeah. and like listened to all their music. And then like I've had them on the show like twice.
2: Now. Whoa, They're, how was that? Yeah,
1: that was it was sick. Yeah. It was super cool.
2: Were you like holding in the fanboy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it actually it
1: helped because I actually I did fanboy because okay. some of the stuff. I, I was so excited that I forgot to ask some of my questions, but like I was able to fanboy because at that point they they want to you want to get into the nitty gritty with someone yeah that's about their life you know yeah but yeah like I had them on virtually and then I also when I did my LA tour I had them on in person so
2: cool yeah
1: he's a cool dude but yeah brain fooders cool. flying low flying lotus, Fly and lotus and all those guys are like so cool
2: yeah it's cool like sport. a really cool scene collective of music hundred
1: percent so. Yeah, (laughs) Thundercats. doped it. Yeah, hell yeah. (laughs) So you you got into Thundercat, and that kind of inspired you to, but you didn't. It was like how much of it was um like uh, luck versus like preparation that you became like a touring act. Like that Thundercat made it maybe have like put that into your head, but like were you reaching out to find like places to tour, or did that kind of just happenstance?
2: Um. Yes. Mm. <laughs> um, I was, I was definitely practicing and, and preparing and trying to be like a good pianist or whatever, reaching for perfection. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, I found like the jam sessions in New York, and I started like skipping class a little bit more and like going to jam sessions late at night. And from that, I found like the, the music scene in the community and through that started getting more gigs Mm -hmm. um you know it would be a jazz gig like a small thing or like a restaurant duo or um a local singer songwriter and through that and just like playing around i eventually met the right people who um uh there was one person who i got a tour in europe like a jazz tour in europe that's awesome and couldn't make a Scissor gig in New Orleans and so he asked me to sub Um, and little did I know at that time um, Scissor was starting to grow she had just dropped Z so it was was like
1: the first album I heard by her too yeah Uh, my favorite song on that I guess you've listened to like all her music at this point you have had yeah. to yeah. yeah
2: although the new album i haven't like it's haven't not in there as well as it as the previous ones because i'm not like playing it you know
1: it was too like i don't know sometimes when something's too big i I need to like wait sometimes up to a couple of years before i check out an album. Same yeah. way. so i haven't even checked out obviously i know kill bill because everyone does yeah. but like i don't I haven't listened to the rest of her album
2: is that a seattle kid thing of i like, don't know maybe it is like I'm not going to be into the popular thing. I don't know. (laughs) I'm indie. (laughs) Seattle's
1: very like, I don't know. Seattle, I feel like, I guess there are a lot of people that are like super like, what's the right word? They're like, they're into like being themselves and like, or whatever. But like, I feel like there's a lot of people in Seattle that aren't really musically um, knowledgeable as I would expect.
2: Is that- is that Neo Seattle? or? Yeah, maybe that... it's New Seattle. Maybe it's,
1: yeah, maybe okay. it's New Seattle. Okay. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's, that's another reason why I started my podcast is because I feel like no, I couldn't really connect with anyone that was like a nerd about music. Okay. And like, I've been a nerd about music since I was like 10. Yeah. You know, so like.
2: It's hard not to be here. Yeah.
1: I think so. Yeah. Um.
2: But Although it is hard to find the local scene when you don't know where to look. Yeah. Yeah
1: for sure. It definitely and there's like also like very niche people like s- groups in cities that think they're like which maybe they are, but like that think they're in the music scene but they're in their own little music scene versus yeah. so I don't know. I feel like the music scene is like people who can who are able to like tour in Seattle really in my opinion. Even yeah. if it's like coffee shops or whatever, but like there's people who like tour in like Everett and they just play like Black Lab all the time mm-hmm. or there might be like I don't know if there's any venues in like Renton or whatever. I have a paper cut. Well. Oh, um all right. Yeah, I just felt it. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, it's weird. There's like there's multiple music scenes, but there's also like the always going to be like the main Seattle music scene. I feel like. But what maybe...
2: what to you is the the main Seattle music scene?
1: Hmm. I don't know. I think it's the, the main mu- Seattle music scene is probably still like the people that are in their like 30s that have been like building the music scene since like the early 2010s. And that's still okay. what I think the music scene is. And then there's like younger people that join that. Yeah. Cause then, then you get to like perform at like Numo's or like yeah. Barboza or whatever. But then there's a huge uh, scene of people who are just like bedroom pop artists who, I've noticed that. who haven't ever really performed or they don't really, they, they're they not really part of, they don't really know how to perform, but they know how to like get streams. Yeah. So there's like two generations kind of happening in Seattle at the same time.
2: Yeah, there's like a yeah. dichotomy between like uh people that are playing live shows and like, you know, hitting the ground all the time. Yeah. And then people that are like digitally present.
1: Yeah, like soul is probably part of the, soul is like part of the main music scene, I'd say. I don't know, I wouldn't say every artist knows soul, but if you've been in the music scene long enough, you definitely know who soul is. So like, that's like definitely like a, I would say like a pivotal figure in yeah. the music scene. Or like still Macklemore. Some people like shit on Macklemore, but like I, <laughs> I, I I opened up for Macklemore as a DJ with my friend St. Dion like three months ago. So I, I'd say I'd, I'd say that, yeah. I'd say that's still like music, that's very music scene-esque type thing to do to like open up for like prominent figures in Seattle. I think that's still important.
2: Definitely. Um,
1: but back to the SZA thing, my favorite song, fuck, how do I not know the name of the song now? The one with Chance the Rapper, um, oh, Child's Play. Child's Play. Yeah. yeah. And that's a, um, that's a sample from this group called XXYXX. Yeah. 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 See, I, I'm a huge, like, I love sampling and all Bird. that stuff. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then that's like my favorite Chance the Rapper verse too, because he sounds, it sounds very really like, is that, is he trying to sound New York in that when he's like. I don't
2: know.
1: Yeah. Um, he has that weird accent that he puts on.
2: Yeah, I'll see. yeah, see, yeah, <laughs> or maybe that's not New York.
1: That's just '50s sounding. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, yeah It sounds see? like the, the crowd, guy, the, the Monopoly cypher. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> but that's probably. And so I had like that's when I think Chance the Rapper had came out. He he was out by then for mm-hmm. a while. Like he had that one, his first album, was called Acid. Acid rap. Acid rap. Yeah. That had been out for a couple years. I could be wrong, but I think he dropped before SZA did. So I was already awesome. on like a Chance the Rapper kick. Yeah. And then when SZA came out the song with him, that's how I discovered like SZA. Oh, cool. Yeah. Which is weird. I feel like most people, I don't know if people would discover SZA from Chance the Rapper or not usually, but.
2: I but, think I think there's a, a large crowd that did. Yeah. yeah. Especially in that era. Um, I mean, mm. this is still happening, but maybe like 10 years ago, it was like, oh, to blow, I need to get a feature. Right. I need the feature to be bigger than me yeah um and i feel like features definitely happen but it, it mm-hmm. seems like it's cooled down or the industry is doing something different in order to get people to blow i mean it's yeah. TikTok era now, so yeah
1: and i don't know how i feel about like certain features because also every everyone's like influence or um pull yeah is like uh what's the right word I don't think over-exaggerated is the right. Maybe it's like it's over-inflated. Like you think yeah. someone might have a bigger pull than they do because of like their um, streaming numbers, but yeah. also there's a lot of advertising that goes into that. So like you might get a, like a, I don't know, I am going to say like a B-list artist mm-hmm. who might be doing really well on their own, but just because you get a feature from them, that doesn't mean that they're going to put the same advertising budget into it. So like I've known a lot of like local artists who get like a big feature But nothing, and it might be like a genuine connection feature too, but nothing comes of it really because it's not the same advertising budget. Right. So I don't, I don't, I don't know what. Unless you're like Drake, I don't really know what type of people really can. Unless you're really, I think at this point it's more about like connections and like really building like a long-term thing. But like maybe if you're like the early two thousands and you got like a little Wayne feature on a mixtape that would have a bigger bigger impact but like there's a lot of artists who get little wayne features now right and like little wayne is someone who like can spit a feature out in like 10 minutes because i don't know if you've watched i don't know if you're a big hip-hop person at all but like little wayne like he has he like doesn't memorize any of his lyrics and all oh. half of his music is <laughs> freestyled you know
2: didn't he just do that interview that's like i don't know my like first three hours. yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs>
1: like does he have dementia or what's going on or yeah. does he just not genuinely i don't know yeah but like um so little wayne obviously is like an exaggerated example but like little wayne there's as happened there's a chance that if little wayne does a feature for you he might not even remember doing that feature for you and he's definitely not going to promote it and then that yeah. could just end up on soundcloud and like you can say you had a little wayne feature but like if he hasn't done anything to help promote it even a little Wayne might not even get you anywhere.
2: Well, yeah, I feel like the way that's structured economically in the industry, getting a feature, you're usually paying a flat fee to that yeah. artist. Unless there's like a genuine, like, oh, I like you, like, let's mm-hmm. connect, let's like work on some music. But um, you're like really hitting the nail on the head about the difference between like business driven music and cultural cult- culture driven yeah. music. And I feel like business tries to drive culture and has some success because they have the money, Um, but ultimately um, it doesn't really have a lot of staying power. like culture, I can't say that, culture driven (laughs) music industry does. Um, And that was something that, you know, uh, from touring, I, I kind of found out about that, like, you know, a lot of these features, it's really just like a paycheck and a flat fee. It's like, oh, we can get this artist to do this verse for a flat fee. And that's going to, you know, help them economically. Maybe it's going to fund their music video for Mm -hmm. their next project. Um, But, you know, beyond that, like, you know, sign, yes, I'll do this feature. And yes, you pay me this thing. Yeah. They often won't promote it. Cause it's, um, just their presence is supposed to be like the promotion. Yeah. Yeah.
1: hundred percent. So like, what is it, what's it like? And I, I want to like, maybe have you like break down like, the stigma of like, you're like a touring artist, yeah. but like, you still have to like, you know, like save money, come yeah. back to Seattle or any, whatever you have to do, or like you're like, you're saying rent super expensive. So what are like the stereotypes of like, maybe just a normal fan or an up and coming artist might assume if you're a touring artist?
2: Um, I would, like, go back to work at, um, coffee shops after tours. And, mm. like, you know, a coworker like, wouldn't believe me. Like, I heard her saying, like, behind my back, like, oh, no. I don't believe that she played with SZA if she's, like, working here. And it's, like, you know, just because you play Coachella or play the Grammys and have that, like, visibility doesn't mean that, like, you're financially secure forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and especially with the pandemic, you know, I feel like I was almost to a place where I could, you know, be financially secure off of touring and kind of like in that cycle of getting gigs. Um, and then the pandemic hit and it was like, Oh, let's go work in some coffee. Um, um, what, what is, what are you wondering exactly Mm. about that? Or are are you asking like, what is your
1: advice for like someone who thinks like, like even for me, and I've I've brought this up a lot on podcasts as well. It's like I recently became like a wedding DJ. Yep. I'm a regular DJ. Yep. I'm a podcast producer, studio manager, podcaster. Yeah, I do um, contracted work f- for Dick's Drive In. Cool. I do social media management. I go on tour with comedians um
2: you have eight small businesses yeah you know (laughs) (laughs) but
1: i make sure like it all like fits into each other yeah so like today i was able to like i had a client for two hours i have a three-day membership to the y and there's a y down the street and then i came back here did some editing and now we're doing a thing so i'm able to definitely like make my own Schedule and yes. then like on the weekends I'm doing weddings or, or whatever, yes. right? But like I I think most people assume if you're on a tour unless you're like a super local band that's like in a uh, a local band in a van yeah. going across the country then people like understand like you're just trying to break even to get exposure. Yeah, but like if you're a touring act with like SZA or Mag- Maggie Rogers or whatever, I think people would assume that you so like you're able to solely just make an income off that but like even like uh and i use this example too like even if you're like johnny depp right johnny depp is an actor obviously he's making fucking millions of dollars yeah he's fine yeah (laughs) but like johnny depp's like in a band he's an actor he's in like perfume commercials like no matter who you are like there's so many different types of like people in media that still have like multiple incomes yeah
2: definitely um I want to it's really important to me to talk about the numbers candidly while keeping people's like identity and and business like I I want to respect, you know, the people that I've worked for. Yeah. Um so let me see how I can uh do this. Um when when you're touring everything's fine, mm. you know. Um and if you go on a long enough tour, you can make enough money to survive through the year as long as you're smart with budgeting um last year um, i made thirty thousand from touring um, and that was something that um, allowed me to survive throughout the year granted i had moved home with my parents Mm. to save money on rent um and also i took some of that money in order to and, and put it towards my album release um So when, when you're touring, that's fine. Um, tours, you know, it may, it may look like, you know, an artist is always on tour, but oftentimes if you do, if you release an album, Mm. if you're a large enough artist, first of all, um, then you might tour for two months on a national tour, U S and Canada. Um, if you are big enough beyond that, then maybe you have a draw in Europe and you go on a European tour. Um, if you're larger even even more so then maybe there's budget to get you over to australia new zealand and like japan and korea yeah. um so um it's it's really about first of all the the largeness of the artists that you're playing for and their economic backing too because there are some really large artists out here um that are still on indie labels um and might have deals with with majors but their money is going to look a lot different their, their rather their budgets for their teams are going to look a lot different than mm-hmm. an artist that is like completely major label um but with that being said you know being an an instrumentalist um I always had to juggle between um like a day job and touring especially during um for example scissors rise you know um i was in the band i started in the band in 2014 and control wasn't released until 2017 so while we had you know i, I would be um touring during festival season on spot dates kind of like a, a weekend warrior i'd be at mm. the coffee shop during the week and then fly out and hit you know three dates friday saturday sunday and come back um it still wasn't enough for me to um like cover all of my living expenses it wasn't until you know um there was a demand for me as a keyboardist to do a national tour Mm -hmm. um and that national tour wasn't really available until control came out and you know everybody everywhere was losing their minds and buying tickets yeah um i i guess i want to just you know other than other than touring i just want to talk about quickly other ways to make money in the music industry because a lot of people like really don't know how mm-hmm. um of course you know there's royalties from like streaming and radio and everyone's kind of like maybe heard about you know the fractions of a penny you yeah. make unless you're like taylor swift or yeah. that level um i there's um music sinks, um so that's like if you are are get your song like let's say um uh a state farm agency wants to use your song in one of their commercials they're going to pay you a fee for that which might be like you know a few thousand and then um some perhaps royalties on top Mm um i so that's you know streaming radio royalties and then syncs um additionally i maybe i'm getting um so so maybe that's with you know for like puck for like my stuff maybe also you know another stream of revenue i has i I have as as myself would be um like playing piano on someone's record which is going to be slightly different than songwriting for someone Mm -hmm. um in terms of the way that intellectual property is structured this might be a one-time studio fee or maybe a fraction of royalties this might be like larger royalties um because i developed the song with the artist and that's where like points get involved yes exactly um i and then of course there's live where it's like you know you're touring Mm -hmm. um i and that can be you know like a a day rate or, or a weekly rate um and i think of uh that it's 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 a it's a gig economy right so it's a little bit more of um more similar to like an hourly job where it's like you're you're clocking in and you're you're getting pay from from clocking in and doing Mm. that work there's no like you know guaranteed salary over time got it um and then i oh what was the other thing i just had it on 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 my mind um (laughs) oh i and then from that touring world you kind of get into like TV and stuff which gets really interesting Um, I just got a check from uh, NBC um, because I performed with Maggie Rogers last year on Jimmy Fallon. Um, and because of the writer's strike, they mm-hmm. don't have any new material, so they're doing reruns. Oh, damn. So <laughs> the royalties I got from that rerun, just for, you know, transparency for anyone who's curious, it was $35. So it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't a whole lot. <laughs> it definitely paid for, you know, all the parking I've been doing <laughs> yeah. lately. Yeah. So it was a little helpful, but, you know, the numbers for me are not the numbers, you know, for the the persons whose name is on the marquee mm-hmm. um, as a pianist. And, you know, I've done, I've played Jimmy Fallon three times now with SZA and Maggie, and I'm trying to remember... Um, the payout is from NBC, not from Maggie or SZA, first of all, so I'm not, like, blowing up their spot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a it's a union rate um, because it is NBC, and, and it's, you know, TV and, and music at that level is very unionized. Mm-hmm. So um, I think the first time... W- whenever you play an episode, like, as it's airing, the first rate you get is around, like, $600 for doing that. Um, I And then I it it aired it usually airs kind of immediately um like a couple weeks later or so um and that payout i want to say is like a hundred ish maybe a little bit more um and then yeah i just found out that the the rerun rerun (laughs) is 35 (laughs) dollars yeah yeah
1: Yeah, that's that's craziness yeah and then i guess like if you're like a if you're a um like a in a touring band you're not really making like merch unless you're a solo act because no. i don't because i don't think like a uh, someone wants to buy the pianist's like shirt unless they're also like thundercat or a solo act you know
2: yeah and that would be kind of like um maybe like a faux pas etiquette wise mm-hmm. of me being like hey scissor will you sell my <laughs> puck merch <laughs> like mm-hmm. <laughs> i i never even though i love her very much and that's like my real friend i i wouldn't i wouldn't ask her i wouldn't like mix business in that way yeah yeah but that does bring up a good point like the the ideal situation for me oh my god someone hire me um the ideal situation for me would be to play um a to be someone's touring pianist as the main act and open for them as puck because i would get paid as a touring pianist and then also be able to sell puck merch i would get the artist fee for the opening act it would be an economically sound situation it would also help me spread you know puck around and Mm -hmm. build that business up
1: and what's it like um how often is someone able if they're like a touring instrumentalist how often are you able to like build a relationship with the main act versus having to realize sometimes it is just like a job
2: um it's It's definitely going to be different than working in a corporate office, you know, Um, because at the end of the day, um, you're traveling together, you're living together, you're going through things together Mm. um, and you can't you ultimately can't really hide that. You know, you can have a, a phone conversation in private, but if you're going through a breakup while you're on tour, it's like, you know, <laughs> everyone else is gonna kinda like be able to tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. um, so there's like an intimacy that's there that you ultimately can't run away from. But uh, that is something I've learned over time um, that like, you know, some some artists are really just kind of like your boss. Mm -hmm. and trying to figure out how to navigate that like strange business not quite friend but friendly Mm -hmm. space um has definitely been a learning curve Mm. um SZA was a unique situation for me because I came into that band when I was 23 and she was also like you know I think she's a year older than me or so um but you know 23-year-olds aren't really, like, fully formed. I wasn't, at least. So uh, there was definitely, you know, growing up and, like, living through our 20s together. Um, And, man, like, a shout-out to President Punch for, like, putting up with me as a 23-year-old. And, like, gracefully, like, always um giving me chances and and room to grow but um I've come to realize that you know like being in that situation 23 through 29 was like very very special and very unique and very formative Mm -hmm. um and um allowed me to grow musically business-wise and personally for sure um in a way that like playing for other folks um has been more like all right you're here you know we're playing coachella let's do it let's yeah. you know like just show up be ready to go um almost uh, how i would imagine it would be if you're like suddenly hired by a big corporation at like you know a a mid-level position and mm-hmm. you know at like 30 i would imagine that it would be like hi okay you come to work <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so. and then how, how how much is it like your name being on a list versus you have to like even though you perform with Maggie, and is it Maggie or you saying or do you just say Maggie weird or how do you?
2: Oh, Maggie you, Rogers. What do you say? I uh, that's my Seattle accent. So you say Maggie. Maggie, yeah. Uh, I think it's Maggie.
1: Maggie. Okay. But yeah. That's the thing. Like I say bag, bag, bag and mag or what? Bag. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> 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 Got it. How come you don't say it that way? You're I don't here.
1: fucking. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Cool. I don't. Is, is both your family member like your family? <laughs> is both your dad and mom from? Um Seattle? <laughs> my
2: my mom is my dad's from Oklahoma. So he huh. uh but he's been here he moved here when he was twenty two, so his accent is kind of faded, but he still says howdy. howdy. and he still says uh like Wednesday and, and <laughs> Saturday. Nice. <laughs> I think well
1: my mom's from North Seattle my dad's from the South. Uh
2: huh.
1: But I don't know. Maybe. South Seattle or the like, South? like uh, uh Like, wait, North Carolina? Oh, cool. Yeah, which is still the South.
2: Does he say howdy?
1: I don't know. Maybe? I don't know. I don't know. I know my grandpa's from Seattle, and he says yellow instead of hello. Yellow. Yellow. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That is weird. I I I probably do have a Seattle accent. I don't know. You probably do. I don't know. There's that video that came out a few years ago where there's like some girl like made every accent and oh. Seattle has an accent I forget what it is so beg beg, beg. Wait, Dragon. how do you say beg is beg and big the same beg. which one are you saying
2: both okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, amazing
2: Um, it's funny that you picked up on that because i got made fun of that in new york a lot people would be like excuse me i just want to make sure
1: i'm not saying it wrong now
2: no No, i think you're saying how the rest of the country says it okay yeah so well it's like the canadian a that comes down because i noticed like like some like um upstate new yorkers or like some people from like minnesota that were in new york would say the a
1: like the fargo yeah. Those guys. Yeah. yeah. Don't you know. Don't you know. So, but with Maggie or Maggie. Roger, <laughs> Rogers and SZA. After those, per, like, working with them, how much is it of, of your name? Because you said uh, on an interview I read, she reached out to you. Mm -hmm. maggie or maggie whichever and like how much of it is you being on a list that people can look for like touring pianists versus like you having to make those connections continuously
2: it's all connections there's no there's no list i wish there was i wish there was a google doc with my name (laughs) at the top (laughs) (laughs) um i so that happened actually through coffee okay um uh Polly lovejoy was hired to be the music director for Maggie. Yes, one of them. (laughs) Mrs. Rogers. Miss Rogers. For Ms. Rogers. Yes. (laughs) When um, she was getting the new band together for the new album, Surrender. Got it. And um, he's the music director for Harry Styles currently um, and was the music director for FKA Twigs in the past. Mm. Um, So he's amazing. He's an amazing, just human but also like a really incredible leader and yeah. music director um and i was working at um my favorite coffee job that i worked at it was called covert coffee um i Wait, have you ever worked at
1: like starbucks
2: hell no okay <laughs>
1: Sellouts. <laughs> Good <to know>. um, <laughs>
2: No, the most corporate coffee thing I've done is La Colombe, which is out of Philly, but they have New York and LA locations. Got it. Okay. I don't know why I'm plugging them right now. Shout out them. <laughs> shout out. <laughs> no, but really shout out Covert because that was a really, um, it was an indie coffee shop. Okay. And it was a really beautiful community that we made. Um, but uh, Polly was in New York in town on a gig. He's from London. And uh, he was doing some work at the coffee shop. And mm. I I think I made him a flat white or okay. something. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> <those lines. Phenisian. laughs> <laughs> um and I uh, I saw that he had a MIDI keyboard on his desk, okay. um on the table, and I was like, Oh, are you a musician? And he's like, Yeah, music director for FKA Twigs. I was like, Whoa, cool. Um, and I was like, That's awesome. I I play keys for SZA, and it was prior to Control coming out, but mm. she definitely was percolating, and he yeah. knew who she was. I get percolating because of coffee. Yeah, oh, brunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I. He, we exchanged numbers and this was like, um, when would that have been? That must've been like 2016, 2015 that mm. I was working there. Um, and, uh, unbeknownst to me as SZA blew up and, you know, we would be at the same festival as Twigs. He would watch our set and he would oh, see wow. me wow. playing knowing that I was the barista <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, and, um, and so it was it was years later it was like five years later Mm -hmm. that i got an email out of the blue i actually had just moved back here it was last it was january 2022 i moved back december 2021 and i had kind of like flunked out of new york i was between Mm -hmm. apartments i had been fired from a weed delivery job whoa yeah and i was like
1: how do you get fired from a delivery thank you
2: (laughs) Um, apparently I was too slow at delivering. Dang. I was Maybe you're probably stoned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. I was probably stoned. And I was also doing my barista thing slash, yeah. like, you know, mental health care during the pandemic yes. of like, oh, what's been going on with you? Like, tell me about your anxiety. Yeah. Oh, this strain will be great for you. And I was just like taking too long hitting these deliveries. So they <laughs> fired me, which no. yeah. I, I've decided I'm epic for that rather than, yeah. um, rather than you know a loser for it 100 percent. thank you yes um but i yeah I, I flunked out of new york basically i was i was exhausted from doing the 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 hamster wheel rat race thing um and moved back here um i had spent like you know my last 50 dollars on weed <laughs> we
1: was it nice weed or it for was, 50 bucks that's not was. too that's uh, that's a that could be a lot, or that could be like very bad. It depends.
2: Here's the key: switching to edibles has been key oh, because yeah. I can buy one eighth and yeah. then make cookies off of that, and then have that for the whole month. Versus okay. like one eighth smoking wise, would yeah. probably last me like a week. Like, that. what type of cookies are you making? Chocolate chip. Okay. Yeah, like like the Toll House recipe. Yeah, yeah. I
1: guess you can make any of the. You can make like, can you make like, oatmeal raisin? Edible cookie. I think you can make oh, any yeah. type of cookie.
2: Oh yeah, any type of cookie. You because ju- you yeah. just make the butter.
1: Yeah. Mhm. Like what's the weird or like what about like edible pancakes? Ooh. I wonder if that would you'd have them. Yeah, I guess you could do that.
2: One hundred percent. You probably get really high. Yeah. Making a batch of pancakes with that butter. One of my like, friends oh, yeah.
1: was making. um I wonder. I don't know why they stopped. So uh, I'm not going to say their name. Their name or that. Yeah, but they made like edible ice cream for a while, and that oh. was really good. Yeah, that would work because you would yeah. just
2: need to infuse the cream. Yeah, we have weed. to be
1: careful like how much because <laughs> you end up wanting <laughs> be to eat the whole tub. Is delicious. <laughs> and then you're yeah. like, <laughs> "Damn, that was the best." I wonder if they're probably they don't. It was like independent, so I don't know what happened with that. I hope you can buy edible ice cream somewhere else though. That would be edible ice cream's pretty dope.
2: It would be easy enough to infuse yourself. Yeah, if you're, are you? Do you like to chef it up?
1: I, I'm. I'm working on baking and cooking. Okay. Pretty, Yeah, I'm all right. I'm not terrible. I think I, I've been cooking a lot lately because I've been going out too much. Uh-huh. So I've been cooking and I'm all right. I can make steak now. Whoa, and,
2: that's kind of hard, right? I'm a vegetarian, um, so I don't know how to do that.
1: I think making steak, you can get complicated, but you can make it as uh-huh. easy as like. I cook steak like I would bake cookies, I guess. Like where everything is very precise with timing. Oh yeah. Like I don't know how to feel out a steak, so like if, and I so I randomly decide. Well, I somewhat figure out how thick a steak is, and then the minute or seconds relates to like how thick it is. But like,
2: okay.
1: Sometimes I'm too low or too high on the amount of minutes. So,
2: and what happens then?
1: Sometimes it's too raw and then I don't think you really w- Sometimes you can put certain foods back into the cooker or whatever, mm-hmm. but like I don't can you think you finish it in the oven? Yeah. Okay. But then sometimes I've overcooked steak. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm like I I wouldn't just tell someone to come over and have me make a mistake, but like I can make somewhat edible.
2: It's a mistake. Yes,
1: yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. Um
2: yeah, I don't Do know. Do you want to know how to make edibles? Should I put them on? You make... could. Okay. I
1: personally a lot of my guests and fans smoke and drink and whatever but or, but I I have I'm very I only smoke or anything like that on a cake. Well, smoke I drink All but right. like on occasion because I some I get too paranoid now for whatever reason. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I told a story on the Gifted Gab interview I'm editing. Oh, it's weird cuz it's out. I Haven't made the promo for that. Okay. It's weird, like making promo videos. Everything takes. I do like three to five interviews a week, guys. So like it takes. Holy shit, yeah, that's a lot. It takes time, um, but like I was telling her on the episode that like I had to like leave an island on a ferry because I got too high and nervous. <laughs> so I like, how was so, that ferry ride? Um, relieving because oh. I wasn't around people anymore. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like a. I was like I dj DJed at an a event. And there was like an after party and I smoked and I was like this is not it. So I took a ferry at like 3 a.m. in the morning.
2: Oh, that sounds like weirdly relaxing.
1: Yeah, it was all right. Um, But I don't know. And I feel like edibles and um, smoking is kind of the same effect for me. Okay. Except smoking is like bam Mm -hmm. versus edibles is sometimes it's like slower. Yeah. So that makes it like less stressful versus being bam, oh shit, I'm high versus like
2: Am it's I? Ha- right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> am I? I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that's
1: the only difference. But like you, you're you a chef with <laughs> edible stuff then?
2: I, I am. Okay. I am. I used to smoke. I'm definitely kind of a permastoner. I'm not stoned right now, surprisingly. Oh. Um, Perm-stoner
1: but- means you're always high?
2: yeah for that, a long time i have been yeah
1: without but you're like that's because you smoke it's not that you got too high and now you're stuck being high
2: no it's good yes okay because <laughs> if you're perma,
1: i think that means that you
2: no i have done it to myself every okay, day for okay. the past like six years okay okay because if you're
1: like you might want to see a doctor if you're like just, like i watch a lot of vice documentaries and like there's a lot of like you know you know, watch vice ever yeah so like i think they just went bankrupt though
2: yeah they did all right i don't know if that's
1: like public i think it is right it is? okay i saw it on wait do you know like a connect advice I, <laughs> I do oh shit no i saw an, i just saw like a news article about it but like um, yeah. one of my favorite vice documentaries was this guy in london like had a bottle of like ghb that he was trying to sell people what is at that? a i don't i don't even know i guess it's like
2: a neo-drug.
1: It's Yes, it's a neo-drug. I think it's something similar to like, I could be completely wrong, but from my understanding or not my understanding, it's like, it's almost like Molly and PCB. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a crazy mixture. Okay. And like you, I think you can drink it like Molly water or something, you know? Oh. So like he had this whole bottle of GHB yeah. and he was trying to sell it at like a rave, but it was like an indoor rave. Okay. So, like, it was dark, and he couldn't see, but someone, like, bumped him, and the whole entire container, like, the lid was off for whatever reason, poured onto him, and it, like, went into his skin, like, because yeah. his skin's, like, a, whatever, it's porous. Yeah. So now he's, like, permanently, like, perma-fried. So, like, he sees, he's like... stuck? St- yeah, he's, like, sees static everywhere, and, like, hears voices and crazy shit. But he was able to do, like, a vice interview, so he's not crazy. He's just permanently, like you know tripping but then I don't know I guess like how how tripping are you to do like an interview because I feel like you can't really there's people that interview like homeless people and all that Yeah. but like he seemed like he had his shit together he just was like well I guess I'm permanently tripping but I don't know if he should drive either like that. So I don't know that. how much it affected us. I don't remember that. I just remember that he's permanently tripping. So when That's you said crazy. you're permastoned, I was like, Oh shit, like no. that G H P incident?
2: No, 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 not the G H P incident. Okay. Like I have consensually okay. dosed myself. But you
1: every day eat edibles system. more than smoke.
2: Yes. I okay. found that smoking was dehydrating me a lot. And
1: it gives you cancer. That's true. Yeah. It's
2: That's carcinogenic. True. carcinogenic.
1: That's carcinogenic.
2: Yeah. Um yeah, I don't I don't definitely don't want cancer. Is there no. any wood in you? oh yeah 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 well
1: that doesn't work this is not real wood
2: this this is plastic (gasps) ah shit is this real wood
1: maybe oh the side of this of the sound thing okay there we go um i yeah
2: i've I've dosed myself i found that um smoking was dehydrating me okay um and a carcinogen yes uh um and it's expensive. I was yes. you know, literally blowing through a lot of <laughs> <But okay. laughs> um, So I made the switch to edibles, which was difficult, to be honest, because there's the just the um, <laughs> relaxing, like the ritual of rolling up and yeah. like taking the break and going outside and like this thing for some reason is so relaxing. Yeah, that... It's- that's what people get that fixation? with cigarettes and vaping and all that. Yeah, the fixate, there's like yeah. the the chemical thing with whatever you are smoking, but then there's like this yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so converted over to edibles, and I like it because with smoking, smoking is handy because you know how high you're gonna get. It's yeah. like, oh, I'm here, you know, <laughs> and then it dissipates. Yeah. Um, but with the respiratory system, it's about like you know two hours, and then you roll up again. So I mm-hmm. found that like smoking all day. I would get really exhausted by the end of the day because it would be up down up down. Up, down. Yeah, 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 I bet. Whereas with edibles, I'll either I'll dose myself either like once or twice a day, um, in the morning and then in the evening. Yeah, and it's like it's like a meal, you know, the digestive system. It takes about six hours or so to move through your body, so you're coming up. You hit the apex and then come down. So, the trick is dosing yourself to hit that apex rather Got than dosing yourself to be high here and then be like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> um, but to make your own edibles, um, you can infuse butter or coconut oil. You have to, you need a fat because uh, the THC bonds to the fat.
1: What happens if you don't use that?
2: I don't know. I don't know if the THC will bond correctly. But also, too, you need. Um, Weed needs heat because in its form mm. you're getting delivery service <laughs> puck right now. Um <laughs> This is why this is why they fired me, because I would explain <laughs> this shit each time. <laughs> <Amazing>. um, <laughs> so in its, you know, like floral raw state, um yes. it's THC dash C is the or dash A. It's it's bonded to another um molecule okay. or like the molecule is More complex um and so this other portion when you ignite it um that breaks off from the heat from the fire and then um the thc is what our brains can actually absorb it has like a little puzzle piece to receive that cannabinoid without the dash attached so um it needs to be exposed to heat and it needs a fat to bond to in order to be carried into your body.
1: But people can still get high from just eating like a whole bunch of like nugs, or no? I don't think so. Hmm. Can they? I thought I thought if you eat enough, I thought it took longer. But, but that you...
2: would be really unpleasant to eat. Yeah, just that. that many nugs.
1: What if you like dip it in chocolate and then like they're like the chocolate covered nugs?
2: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) weed fondue. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that'd be amazing.
1: Oh, we can make you can make like the edible um, fondue and then also have nugs.
2: Whoa, (laughs) that person is not leaving the restaurant. You also need to like have a hotel situation. Yeah, yeah. But that's why you can um you can like. Have you ever seen like Action Bronson like microplane yeah. some nugs onto like hot hot pizza that comes out of the oven? Oh, I haven't
1: seen. That. I watch this show sometimes though.
2: So like if you if you sprinkle like little bits of weed, that's okay. what's happening. Is the hot hot cheese is like it's called oh, decarboxylation. It. It's decarbing the weed, so it's breaking off that. But
1: oil won't come out of that, right? Or like, how does that dab oil made again?
2: I, that I don't know. That's like I thought some they like science. squeeze like olives yeah but that's not how it works um i i i can't speak i would
1: i'd like to imagine like if you put it on you know how like pizza's already greasy yeah like if it's super hot cheese like the oil like secretes out of the nug yeah i I like to think of it that way yeah Yeah, maybe (laughs) yeah how did we get on top of this how did we get on this um
2: i think we started off with with me making money as a touring musician
1: (laughs) oh wait did you ever sell edibles
2: I did sell out of bills.
1: Oh, for but legally or illegally or both. Maybe both. Maybe, we, yes. <laughs> we,
2: we just became legal in New York. So remember that like gray area whenever like we had just become legal in Seattle? Yeah. And everyone was like rolling up because everybody, like city official like cops, and yeah. like this public were like, I don't really know. And so everyone yeah. would just kind of like smoke outside of bars.
1: Now there's just like people with aluminum foil outside my studio. Damn. Yeah, R.I.P. We just put that gate up, the gate I had to let you into. Yeah. That went up only, like, two or three months ago because, like, okay. that stair underpass, Okay. that was a spot for a lot of drug heads. Yeah, yeah. that would be, if yeah. I
2: was in that situation, I would have chosen that stairwell. It it's a nice, a nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you, yeah, thank you. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, so you may or may not have done.
2: Got I may it. or may not have.
1: So you're like a rapper, basically.
2: I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I don't know how to rap.
1: <laughs> okay. My name is put. I got a lot of luck or something. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Got it. So with all that you're so do you still are you still a touring p- pianist?
2: I am. Okay. I'm not currently on tour.
1: But that's like how do you so you just stick with the same artist at this point now? Or like how do you how do you know when you're on tour? Are you just that's, when someone drops an album or what?
2: that's definitely like I've I've realized I did that, you know, kind of like accidentally, you know, when I was um building my career because i was with scissor for six years Mm -hmm. um last year i was touring and working with drew and maggie rogers um but then also trying to do my own thing too as puck um and now i realize that like oh when you find an artist you really want to um kind of like ride with them for Mm -hmm. as long as possible it probably would have been economically smart for me to stay with scissor and I I love the new album, and I love that tour, and I love her, and I, I miss that um, camp very much. Yeah. But I know that there was something inside myself um, kind of almost on a spiritual level where I needed to, like, see my own project through. I needed Got to, it. you know, do the Thundercat or Herbie thing in the other half. You know, they had the sideman thing. I've been a sideman. I needed to see my own thing through. Got but, um, it. And i've been building that and it's it's been going well i played tree fort i played oh shit, yeah. seattle night market um i'm playing capitol hill block party so wait did
1: you hear about i just reached out to oh, i don't have my phone um i just saw it today when i was driving to the studio mm-hmm. have you heard about thing festival yes and then thundercats like the headlining yes. guy. yeah so that, that looks so cool i just reached out to thing this morning Cool. and they're going to work on seeing if they can get me a press pass
2: so amazing like, yeah. oh man i hope you go yeah. i used to go to jazz camp out in port townsend okay up.
1: where is port Town? that's like
2: it's you know what port angeles is
1: it's near yakima maybe i don't know
2: no other way so if this is washington and seattle's like right here
1: oh my gosh is that what people do that's what i do that's pretty sick
2: I've, i did it i did it for like a lot of new yorkers i haven't had to do it out here that's lot,
1: but... that's amazing though. Yeah. that's literally washington yeah okay, it's literally
2: okay. washington so poor townsend i was like All right here so, oh, you so, you so either it's gotta your drive Bellingham. around or take a ferry
1: is in your Bellingham? or
2: no, no no bellingham's up here like here's canada bellingham's
1: like oh so you have to go south and then up
2: yeah you can either drive around which takes how long or you or take the ferry or take the ferry.
1: But where you take the ferry from
2: that i don't remember I, probably like i think my dad drove me got it or we took the fair i don't know my dad was navigator
1: yeah yeah i guess i'd have to get an airbnb if i go though or wait
2: it would be August. a brolic drive back after being in a festival all day yeah yeah
1: but then i also have my own show
2: portugal is sick yeah and there's a dope pizza place on the waterfront
1: hell yeah i had to figure that out because i have a sh- i'm doing my nast <gasps> doing my nast live, my anniversary for the podcast is oh! august 18th but i'm congratulations doing a show on the 26th i'm doing a nas live so it's like a live podcast with okay. performing acts as well but then the thing is 20 what is it 25th twenty sixth, 27 or something like that the thing i think so okay
2: or thing yeah. It's such a an awkward I love how awkward that is to say. Yeah, thing. Are you going to thing? Yeah, you going to thing. Are you going to the thing? Yeah. yeah. So,
1: but how can you ever just like DM people and be like, "Hey, can I be your touring pianist?" Have I you ever have, done that?
2: I have I've definitely all the festivals I booked, I've got off of cold emailing. Got it. So, I've been the internet detective and I have a huge spreadsheet of nice. like who the booking agent for each festival is, um to various degrees of success. Mm. Um I yeah, you can do that. And I definitely have recently because I've been out of work mm. um uh all year yeah. <laughs> um I I've been reaching back out to like all my contacts being like, you know, whether it's a, a touring pianist being like, Hey, if you have any work that's coming across your desk that you don't want, you know, put my name in the hat, um, to music directors, to um other music business people, artist managers, even like artists that I'm friends with um and nothing you know nothing is is happened yet so i'm definitely Mm -hmm. um experiencing that that cold spell which is very unnerving but also very eye-opening um economically i've been saying that word so much (laughs) this interview (laughs) but it's really on my mind a lot right now you know i'm i'm 32 and i'm like okay like i've had i've had some big successes in music and i have some like you know, cool kid points in terms of like who I've played with yeah. and things that I've done. And I've released my own album and I'm like really super proud of that. And
1: it's 40 minutes long. See, I know so many like, tab- <laughs> it
2: It's
1: like 40 minutes and something seconds. I forget how many seconds. Damn,
2: you're good. Yeah. Maybe 58 seconds. Something like I that. I think it's
1: 40. I think it is 50 or 28. I think it ends in, in eight.
2: Holy shit. Do yeah. you have like a photographic memory?
1: No, I just, I kind of dive into like a deep dive on my guests, Thanks. but then it sticks with me. You Yeah. Know. So I guess, I don't know if it's photogenic versus, like, like I realize I don't know anything about, I don't, that's going to put me on the spot. I don't know anything, ah, fuck. I don't know anything about geography, like, whatsoever. That's, like, it's really bad. Yeah, I know this now. Yeah. But, like, I, yeah. I don't know, I don't know, like, countries or continents. I couldn't name all the states. I could, maybe, but I couldn't tell you on a map. Like I'm really like, so <laughs>
2: you need, you need a game. You need like, um, there was this like internet game that became like randomly popular with all my friends and I in college and we would like play it over social mm-hmm. media and it was like just maps and God. you would, it was like a race to figure out, like to type all of the spaces. Anyway. Yeah.
1: Like I know the Pacific, Nor- actually, I don't even know. Maybe I don't, I know, you do. I know Oregon, there California,
2: you, Boom. you know, Idaho.
1: Maybe I know what I I know these I know states like if someone okay. said I I would know it's a state you couldn't trick me and be like is Maine a state I know Maine
2: is a state yes it's the other Portland yes so
1: yeah. I know that type of stuff but like um so maybe just because I like music it's not really like maybe I have a, maybe I have a photographic memory for music
2: yeah you move towards what's important yeah you. yeah
1: and knowing states and politics isn't important yet for me I guess maybe I don't okay. know. To each their own. To each their own. Got it. Um, fuck, what were we... I was going to bring that into something. But, yes. So, with all that, do you have a team at all? Like, do you have, like, a no. management or anything? <laughs> wow.
2: No. no, it's been... And and that's been the silver lining in all of this, of, like, you know, not touring right now and, and feeling all of the... All of the imposter syndrome feelings mm-hmm. about that. You know, it's like it's so crazy because like I'll say my resume to myself I'll say like yo you played the Grammys but I'll still be like I'm a failure I'm yeah. not a real musician i yeah. I'm not on tour yeah. but um, that is the silver lining in being at home in my childhood room um, one of the many silver linings has been that's given me time to be the internet detective to find all of the addresses to be my own booking agent. Mm-hmm. It's giving me time to to plug my own music and to lay that groundwork and that foundation, so that when I do go back out on tour again, um, I'm not just kind of like telling people that I also make my own music. I it has a place that it lives on the internet. I've um, played you know festivals under my own name as well. Mm-hmm. So um, that's something that that plant can continue to grow. It's not just like a baby plant or a seed anymore. It's like, like a nug. Yeah. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. And that <laughs> nug turns and wait, a nug does not turn into a mar- marijuana leaf.
2: No, the the nug is actually the flower. Got it. Wait, so, so there's a
1: flower on the leaf.
2: Yeah. The, the nug is a flower that, that has then been like kind of like dried and dehydrated. So the, the oh. flower um, is what is going to like make the new seed. Hence
1: the flower. But, mm-hmm. Is a marijuana flower like pretty when it's not?
2: Yeah, they're gorgeous. It, it looks like a, like a not like and a so rose, alie- like... alien looking. Okay. Like look at um, like high times magazine covers Got from it. like, 1998. Whew! beautiful. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Man, we're really good at tangenting. Yes, it's amazing.
1: <laughs> um, so so with that, then how did you get this Capitol Hill block party show, or cool people say, C H. Chbp. Yeah, uh, I guess I'm not cool enough. from being the internet detective. Got it. No, you're
2: cool. You're cool. I try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Deuces. That's what people say. I think.
2: <laughs> yes. Word um, up. A word. <laughs> um. I uh, Yeah. Literally just cold emailing, mm. and, um, you know, it's not just that, right? It's the fact that like. I have my resume that I'm pulling from and also that I invested in publicity for my record. I Mm. self-released my record. I had pitched it to a bunch of labels, um, but I decided for multiple reasons to self-release um and I took my touring money from Maggie, <laughs> from Ms. Rogers, yes. <laughs> and used that for publicity, which then um got me placement in various publications. Four two five magazine shout out. Yes, did a really nice profile of me. Is that
1: from Seattle or is it just four two?
2: Yeah. Yes, because yeah. I'm guessing
1: because four two five is north. Four two five is north, right?
2: Yeah. I th- I know the Renton area code is four two five. Really mm mm-hmm. I, I it About might be I know and I know also know it's Bellevue so I think it kind of just Bellevue like extends. too extends yeah I'm not really sure maybe it's the east side then what's 206 definitely Seattle proper that's it yeah but now there's a new one because the 206 numbers are almost used up so now we're getting a new area code what is it it's like 534 or something yeah. weird I'm like 534
1: yeah. that's stupid yeah. maybe yeah. does it jingle aren't all phone numbers supposed to jingle or is that like a made-up thing what do you mean like your number is supposed to like you're supposed to like rhyme it in your head.
2: What do you mean? Like nine one one or like, you know like. <laughs> or it, Why was the nine one one jingle so pleasant? Nine one one. Yeah. My leg is broken. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> you know, I think that's what it's supposed to be like. Like your your phone number is supposed to be like a jingle, or is that it's just random numbers? I thought it's supposed to know. like jingle somehow.
2: I I don't know. I've never heard this. I know it was like um, uh, it it was. I think it was started. <laughs> this is what I heard. I don't know if I really know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know area codes were <laughs> started in order to like be able to, for example, if someone in Nebraska yeah. had the same house phone number, like the blah 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 right. blah, right? Blah 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 blah. Yeah, blah 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 blah. If so the, someone in Nebraska s- ten numbers to seven. It's 10 with the area code. Got it. So someone could have the same seven numbers, and at a certain point in time, you mm. would, like decades ago, you would call that and then accidentally get the Nebraska person instead of the Washington person. And so that's when area code numbers started.
1: That probably sucked for people who did like ransoms or something.
2: Ransoms? Yeah. What do you mean?
1: You know, if you're like, I have your kid and <laughs> we need this money, but then you call the wrong area, that would suck. <laughs>
2: That would suck, that would suck <laughs> for so many reasons. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. That's cool though. I think that's in yeah, cold, there's nothing wrong with cold calling at all. Like that's yeah. how you get things done, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, now you're in here in Seattle, so you can like work on building up those connections, and they yeah. besides the ones you already have. And I've like, been
2: it's been a lot. That's that's definitely the advantage of the Seattle music scene. Is like you know Nashville, New York, L.A., where all these huge labels and huge businesses happening. Mm-hmm. You're like you know a fish in in the sea, mm-hmm. um, whereas over here, I'm a little bit more of like a big fish. Mm-hmm. And um, having grown up here, it's like. I grew up here. Also, my resume is this thing. Also, I um, used my touring money to get this publicity. And look, this is me written up on NPR. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm real. I promise. You know, I exist. And so, all of those things together, kind of sum to local festivals.
1: And like, what's your like, what's your standard now after being on like? different tour like would you do like so far sounds or like honestly or, like,
2: i did three so far sounds gigs last week oh nice Heck um yeah. it's uh in terms of making money as a musician um so far sounds has been because i've been out of work right so mm. i've been teaching um teaching like music music lessons mm-hmm. music theory lessons um online and in person um uh hit me up <laughs> um i've been teaching um i've been playing gigs um which hasn't been a lot of money it's starting to be a little bit more but the so far sounds have been bread and butter for me because it's Mm -hmm. like guaranteed audience guaranteed pay you could Um, do like
1: five a month or something right at max i don't know i thought there was like a max you can do
2: i don't know but it's it's a hundred dollars um so far unless they have a bunch more tickets then, Mm -hmm. then they give you more money which is honestly like kind of light for the amount of um work the artists are doing mm-hmm. but to be frank you know i'm not getting the like 50 amazon dudes to like come to my show at sunset tavern yeah. and then i would make more than a hundred dollars but like if i put the energy into like booking a show um f- you know putting a bill together promoting it carrying all my shit doing the sound check playing the show posting on socials like all of that like
1: if you break down the hours of you doing that that's a lot
2: of hours yeah yeah, but like also when i did play my show at sunset tavern in um was that may yeah i think it was the beginning of may or end of april i didn't make any money Mm. um versus so far i i I make a hundred dollars every time I, i do it i made you know three hundred dollars last week from doing those three shows and it's an audience that um has never seen me before uh and i always get like you know seven or so instagram follows i think it really depends on the city that you're in Mm. whether so far is worth it because in new york um there's so much going on that not as many people might come out to a so far show um and also it's it's really schleppy carrying that much gear on the train schleppy schleppy What is that Schleppy?
1: Shitty? Is that what it's? Yeah,
2: it's like like shitty, but like you're carrying a lot of stuff. Like you're really schlepping your shit around. Got it. Um, Okay. Can you swear on this?
1: I I think I just did. (laughs) Okay, great.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Um, uh, Yeah, New York is really schleppy. Um, But, uh, you know, with the car here. And then also, too, I think i think people in seattle are there's a community that's like really hungry to support local music but doesn't really necessarily know how to Mm -hmm. um versus new york it's like there's so much nightlife, everything is going on all the time and there are like major like every single artist is going to tour through new york Mm -hmm. whereas that might not be the case as much for seattle yeah um so i i think that the the community of people coming to so far as they're like genuinely looking for the the music scene or an interesting experience yeah um in a way that feels different than new york
1: yeah who i wonder if you could like cold call artists that just announced their tour to seattle and then like do have you done that before i've been doing that okay i've
2: been yeah. doing that i haven't really had any success with it yet um well i have i have like a a friend who's coming through a friend from the new york scene who's like blowing up who's coming through who am I open for her? Nice. um uh, but yeah, I hope so. I keep hearing rumors about like, oh, I just put your name into this touring musician who's looking for an artist, or like, oh, like this other artist like really likes your album. Yeah. I keep hearing lots of rumors, so I hope they
1: maybe you need like a booking agent. Versus, yes. Instead, so, like you might need a booking agent before you need like a manager. Even
2: I absolutely one hundred percent. Yeah, I do need. That's a booking agent is the number one thing I need. Yeah. If you know any booking agents. I don't, I don't you like guys See, know if yeah. you're your booking agent
1: help i know seattle <laughs> booking agents but i don't know if that's the same yeah need for well i, I would know. actually
2: love to build um so work
1: with soul soul like i had what's his i had seth mcdonald on the show and he has a, he has a band called all star opera okay. and he's also souls or Saul. on the podcast we discussed if it's soul or Saul. yeah and you can call him either
2: because one he's... is his birth name and one is his artist name, right? Really? That's what—that's
1: new information I'm learning now, too. Oh, okay. I heard people just couldn't pronounce his name, so he's okay with either. I... But one's his birth
2: That's what I heard last weekend. But Maybe so that's his... insider information. So his
1: birth name is Saul. I don't know. And he sells edibles.
2: <laughs> Does he? No. Oh, just... <laughs> <laughs> we can't blow him up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean musically, yes, but yeah. like yeah. He
1: sells music at a Volse.
2: It makes my brain feel like that. His yes. music is really good. There yeah. we go. Yeah.
1: But like um yeah. Seth is his booking booking agent. Oh. But you said so you also met another booking agent for him? Or who'd you say you met that works with Saul Soul?
2: Um his music director. Music Andrew director. Andrew Imanaka, who's really dope. He grew and he's up, from Seattle? Yeah, he he's from the south side of Seattle and he grew up um playing bass. He's an excellent bass player and music director, and he runs playback. Are you familiar with playback? Playback. It's like um Like when you
1: restart a song?
2: Yeah. So like you know how tours these days um there will be the background vocals from the records, like playing yeah. along with the band. So there's a computer, usually it's Ableton. Um, running background vocals, so mm. um, you launch it, and the band listens to it and plays with it, so it's all kind of like knitting together. So um, that's what Andrew does Got for um, Soul slash Saul. Man, maybe like one is like a one's like the evil version, one is yeah like nice version.
1: I also heard it had to do with solstice or something, mm-hmm. but I don't remember why.
2: He played the solstice. Uh I uh, oh. Seattle night market event.
1: Got it. That's why. That's how he got his name. <laughs> <I don't
2: know. laughs> maybe,
1: maybe. But I guess there are a few like booking agents in Seattle, but it's like very, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's too local. A or not. Seattle yeah,
2: booking agent because. Um,
1: but there's probably like tiers, of, right? I don't know.
2: M- maybe I think I think there are like um, booking agents that work specifically with venues, like you yeah. know, a booking agent at Madame Lou's who's going to do. Um, like you Madden want to do you want to
1: tour right? in seattle or do you want to tour like outside of seattle or like what are you trying I want to do tour everywhere. got it yeah. so maybe you need to have like multiple
2: well there there know. are booking agents that are venue specific and then there are booking agents that are like um booking agents at uh what is that called like um like a like a at an agency <laughs> Agent, <laughs> at agency. a booking got agency it. yeah <laughs> that makes sense um and a lot of those people um work remote or you know are in satellite cities so for example for publicity i went with terror bird um i can't remember if they're based in new york or london or where they started but um uh andy andy wilson they're really really wonderful they grew up um they're a pacific northwest kid a, a washington kid um that also lived in new york for a little while and came back um but an incredible like music business person and, and publicist and I was really glad that um they live here now it was really nice working with someone nice. that lives in Seattle because yeah. I know inevitably as I continue to build this I know my team will grow into having people in New York and LA and possibly London but like I want I want Seattle lights on my team yeah so yeah yeah maybe, I would love a Seattle booking agent oh maybe my
1: reach God. out to Seth then okay yeah Seth McDonald
2: that's a great tip does he play in small Paul yes okay I met him last weekend yes that's nice. probably
1: that's probably why yeah was he at solstice or whatever yeah yeah that he makes was sense. playing
2: with small Paul but then also that's like, there there with Soul yeah as well yeah
1: yeah see yeah see things are connecting yeah a lot of things in Seattle are very interwoven yeah more super. than you yeah
2: so that that's that's what i've noticed is like um once you once you find like a couple people then you find more people yeah and then like
1: seth worked with macmore's team from like 2012 until like a few years ago or something like so like everything's okay. like super very everything's very connected yeah it's pretty funny
2: yeah yeah Makes a lot of sense i bet macklemore's rise helped not just like you know Artist visibility, but it probably helped music industry infrastructure in Seattle, where it's like. You I feel know, like that's like a. Giant. I
1: feel like that's a mixed bag. Some people think his rise like messed up Seattle stuff. Some people think it helped. Yeah. It's a very mixed bag, Definitely. and I think it also depends on like how successful you and your friends became during that time, or if you didn't. You know, so it's right. all relative. I don't know. I think it's cool. I think macmore's a nice guy. I used to. I, I. Yeah, I think he's a nice guy. I think his family's nice. Yeah um but with that i think we covered everything really? that i'd liked to cover cool. um there so anything else you want to cover
2: i talked about you know the inner workings of the music industry and making money which was important to me mm-hmm. um it's really important to me that like i i guess i really want um you know we're, we're a city that's so like tech driven um so there are isn't a lot there aren't a lot of like people's parents that work in the entertainment industry in Seattle. Yeah. So it's really important to me that like kids know that it's possible to have a music career. Yeah. Um, that you can like just take every opportunity that you can that you see, even if you don't really see the way it's going to sum mm-hmm. to what you're envisioning. Like if your high school has a jazz band. Go play in jazz band because you're going to learn how to like play in an ensemble, read mm. music in a certain way. You're going to learn music theory in a certain way that is going to apply to so many different genres of music. Um, things like like that, or like um, if you're trying to break into the the touring scene but aren't really sure how, maybe work at your local theater. If you have a local theater that's like putting on plays and musicals, mm. you're going to learn. Um, like maybe sound engineering there. Um, that's a kind of backdoor way in. Um, so, you know, things like that are really important to me. Um, that's why I was candid about like the money I'm making and not making (laughs) right now. Um, and I'm so thankful that you talked a little bit about that too, with like, here are my eight small businesses and like the way (laughs) they're all fitting together. Um, other than that i i don't know do you have any questions about the Mm. album specifically that i made or um Hmm. yeah yeah.
1: why on veterans day
2: on veterans day yeah It's november 11th veterans day Yeah. oh i didn't even i didn't even notice that i uh i did 11 well i did it because of 11 11 okay but also that's um uh, six mu- I was born on May 11th. Okay. So you just had your like birthday on like birthday. two months ago. I did. Happy late birthday. Thank you very much. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: I enjoyed the album. I liked. Uh, I I've i like saw the credits. He had like a Grammy pr- nominated or award winning producer or Grammy award winning um,
2: mastering engineer. Mastering engineer. Mike Bosey mastered um, all of Kendrick's records and Scissors records.
1: And did you meet him through? Like working with SZA or how did that come to be?
2: I, I've never met him. Um, we worked remotely, um, but I, I cold called him and that door was able to open for me because of my resume. I, I awesome. did the cold call and the like, this is who I am. I would love to work with you.
1: So like, what's the next, are Are you looking when it comes to like building community? Are you looking to like uh, collaborate? Because you've only done like one on Spotify, at least like one collaboration. Like do you like wanna like collaborate with like producers or other artists or like what is like your goal when it comes to like building community and what does that look like for you?
2: Whoa. Um you mean in Seattle or like
1: just in general with like your solo act.
2: Um I would love to do more collaborations. I've been producing for other people, so oh, nice.
1: So you're a producer?
2: Yeah. That's dope. But thanks, what? thanks. I, I executive produced my whole record. Mm-hmm. Um uh um but i I recently produced with um I, joy postal I don't mm. know if you're familiar with mm-hmm. her she's really cool she's from Baltimore nice. um living in new york um and she's dropping a project that i um produced on with a team um I, so i would love to I would love to do more production and songwriting um i with with puck i would love to collaborate more I get very hesitant um I get very cautious because I feel like there is a sort of um, stereotype that, like, women or femmes uh, tend to just be singers. Mm. And so um, in the past, sometimes, like, people have asked me to collaborate with them. Uh, and I would show up to the session thinking they would want me to, like, play keys, which is, like, my big strength, um, or we need help with production or something. And I get there and it's like, oh, like we thought we could make a puck song today. Um, and it's like, no, that's mm. like a specific sound and a very kind of like, um, that's, that's my heart, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and so I feel very protective about that. I, I definitely like have some dear friends and collaborators that I trust that I work with And I would, I'm trying to kind of like loosen my grip because I, from the process of making the album, I see where, um, I see where like, you know, opening, being more open and allowing like other people's ideas and influences would only strengthen Mm -hmm. the music itself. Um, so that's something that I'm open to, but it has to be the right situation. Yeah. Um, but I would love to definitely continue to make music with a lot of other people and see where that leads but i guess you know going into it in a more musical or cultural way rather than a business way of like all right we're gonna do this and you're gonna feature on it and we're gonna release it like this you know I, I i would rather you know eat an edible and play some yeah, piano and that's see what happens. to know. Yeah. so like
1: your your goal would be for people to like be like i'm looking for a pianist or you don't yeah. want it to or is that too like boxed in though
2: maybe it's too boxed in like pianist or producer or songwriter or but just see or where it goes. Being, like a singer on something yeah okay. yeah just I say
1: would, you want to collaborate with an artist and not like have expectations maybe i don't know yeah okay. yeah that's fair
2: like uh like uh you know those like actor on actor interviews or like those actor round table things that always pop up? Something like that where it's like a meeting of the minds and it's Got like it. let's see what happens.
1: I thought of like when you thought when you said that though for whatever reason I was thinking of like when um people read Google searches about them. I don't know. That's just completely different. <laughs> but you mean? know those actor like things or like uh an actor and a supporting actor will like be like this is what google has to say about yes but i know what you're saying too for whatever reason that's what i first
2: that's what i first thought yeah not that (laughs) less computer yes
1: no that makes sense i think i think seattle is kind of that place though a little bit where like artists really just want to like connect and see what happens yeah so
2: that seems to be what it is in general until like a businessman gets involved got it that's when it once money gets involved that's when it's um that's when the art starts changing mm-hmm. um i understand why money's involved money needs to be involved because i need some money yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we all we all need... You need to be able to
1: buy your edibles <laughs> exactly <laughs> or, or buy the ingredients to make your edibles exactly got it so you oh,
2: yeah st- i never i never told people how to make weed butter
1: oh shit yeah quickly and anyway, before that yes. we'll end on that but <laughs> um and you i was gonna my i end by usually saying what's like some final advice but you've already given like some amazing advice so before my final question would be like besides that one we're about to ask um how'd you how'd you meet vox rare how did that come to be
2: oh they they listened to the tree fort um playlist of all the artists and they hit me up they reached out that's awesome yeah um i'm so sad that i i didn't get to meet them or play the show they're so cool they seem awesome and i was really excited i'd planned this like little pacific northwest tour mm. of like um uh it was well it was boise portland and seattle and yeah i got covid damn yeah it was my first time getting covid i probably how'd, deserved it how'd you get it from tree fort Ah oh, dang yeah yeah i had been in my brain i was like kind of cocky about it i was like my hygiene is so good yeah, that I still haven't gotten COVID. And yeah. then I got COVID. <laughs> Damn, you, got, you got
1: humbled by the vid. I did. I Damn. did. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. So let's, before you, before you give the, how do you make the, the last thing I want to say actually, is how, how can people find you Okay, on social media um, or wherever? How can they reach out to you?
2: Puck for good luck everywhere. Cool. Um, so you can find me on all socials. I'm not great at twitter or tiktok twitter is like slightly too gen x for me and tiktok is slightly too gen z and instagram <laughs> it's perfect i am on there yeah. too much
1: <laughs> and they're verified so that's kind of cool there's some cool points there what'd right. you say you're verified right so you got no i'm not actually
2: what i thought you were uh-uh what i don't, I don't have a, a blue i thought check. you did but i thought you could bl- buy the blue check now
1: yeah so yeah. it doesn't even matter it but though, matter. The, the tip is like you can check when people if you click on their profile uh-huh. they'll show when they became verified so if people are verified after march 2023 yeah you know they've bought their verification i could have sworn you're verified i thought i looked today and you're verified really i don't know what i could have sworn that would be sick the news to know. me really i
2: i tried to because like before you could buy it you yeah. would have to like do a whole request thing, or, yeah. request you would have to submit your driver's license yeah. which was like weird
1: yeah, for me um, they had me send my like credit card information. No, was kidding. <laughs>
2: Are you okay? Yeah, my social security Are you a number. Phone? Yeah. Um, no, I I submitted it and it was like kind of right huh. after dropping my album I think that I tried yeah. again and I was like, "Oh, with all this press this will work." But they were like, "No."
1: I could have sworn maybe huh.
2: I feel like I should be. I feel like I have enough cool kid points. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. But anyways,
1: let's end the episode by you explaining how to make um your butter and also what your three favorite things to make with it is or is it only chocolate chip cookies
2: um oh, i no some some other i think i've made some oatmeal before
1: oatmeal just oatmeal
2: no no oh well i actually have put butter like weed butter on top of oatmeal in the morning time what about like toast i've done it on toast yeah Muffins. i've done it on pasta Like finish some pasta with like, you know, a little bit of butter and then put like some nice Parmesan cheese on top and then get really stoned from the pasta. Yeah, that's pretty dope. Hell yeah. Um, I really want to make like some shortbread cookies, but I want to take the weed butter and mix it with like, uh, I've got this ingredient pairing in my brain, but like it might sound weird, but like a lime zest and miso. I'm like, that might be an interesting like. What does miso taste outside of
1: soup? I only know what it tastes like in soup
2: kind of like that like salty and almost like almost is like a little like caramelly
1: is it a spice Mm -mm. what is it what is miso
2: miso it's a paste it's like a fermented um soybean i think
1: but when you're having miso soup it's just soup with tofu in it so is it like Mm what it's like dissolved
2: yeah yeah they put the paste in the in the water or in the broth got it
1: um you can make like miso cookies then if it's paste mm
2: is it good yeah so i want to take the butter i've made i've made miso lime butter before which is it's great it's sick um but i want to i i want to do that as edible butter and then make shortbread cookies with it cuz shortbread the main like flavor of it yeah. is like the butter. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, let me feature this flavor profile of like very nice. cannabis miso lime, very fancy. Amazing. Um but how you make weed butter? Uh you so take a pot, of, uh fill it with water and then stick another pot on top or like a metal bowl that will kind of nest in without touching the bottom. Um, And that's where you're going to put your butter and your weed. And the most important thing is to check every once in a while that you still have water in the bottom of your bottom pot, or else you're going to have problems. But it's a way to gently melt the butter and infuse it with weed without burning it. So what you want to do is um, get your water to boil and then pull it down to simmer. Put the, the the, the the second pot or bowl on top, and melt your butter and your weed, and you wanna stir it. And you wanna like check on it. Um, uh, you wanna do this for like, you know, an hour or two until the butter has turned a nice like golden brown or almost green, and then you know it's like infused. Very nice. And yeah, and then and then you strain out your weed um, and then you have weed butter to use for any purpose you desire. You can also do this with coconut oil if you're vegan. Um, and that you can just take a jar of coconut oil, stick an eighth of wheat in it, close the top and then put it inside the, the pot of water. Cover the water up, you know, pretty far along the coconut oil jar just to like heat the oil. Um, it might make a lot of noise. It might rattle as the water is simmering and it's definitely something, you know, you want to be in the room for. It's perfect if you're, if you're a freelancer doing emails, you know, you can just sit there doing your emails in the kitchen, making your, you know, weed coconut oil, but that's how you make edibles.
1: Oh yeah. We're making that a clip for sure. <laughs> that's amazing. I already have an idea for that. Oh yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's, that sounds amazing. So do you cook a lot too then I'm guessing? Or... I do. I do like cooking a lot. Wait, so what do you, if you have edibles every day
2: Mm -hmm. what do you usually make is
1: it cookies or what do you usually cookies yeah
2: because i i know my dose with the cookie and and also i like i believe in in having cookie dough on deck like whether it's like edible or not like i i usually when i make cookies i double the recipe Mm. and then i roll them and i'll cook some to have but then i'll roll um logs of cookie dough and freeze it so that whenever i want a cookie i can just slice and bake and that works really incredibly with edibles
1: but then how do you make can you make edible 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 cookie dough or would that not work because it's not heated up
2: oh like can i just eat the the cookie dough that has the weed butter in it yeah without heating it yeah oh, that would work because yeah, it's, it it's already the weed butter. Because it's already the it. weed butter. Because you've already decarbed the weed in the butter through the heating process. Nice. Mm-hmm.
1: That's amazing. Okay. Hell, hell yeah.
2: This is why I was fired from the weed job. Because <laughs> <Amazing. laughs> I would sit here explaining this to every customer, <laughs> making sure they were living their best life.
1: Hell yeah. We've we've gone on a, a full journey. Um, do you have besides that? Do you have any final final words for the the people out there?
2: Oh, final words. Um, or
1: final word one amethyst amethyst and we did it this is the (laughs) nas podcast with puck and we did it there we go